Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. It's a great option if you're looking for that last-minute ticket to, say, the Kings' last home game of 2019 against the Clippers on Tuesday. Who knows, the game's at about 2 p.m. You might find yourself a nice deal around 1.30, so you never know, so go ahead and check it out. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app. Create an account. Then under the Billing section, use the redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC. All one word for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who use the redeem code and expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make quick moves and score last-minute tickets. Hello, everyone. Hey, what's going on? This is Jason Jones bringing you your latest edition of Post 82 following the Kings' 112-110 loss to the Phoenix Suns Saturday night at Golden 1 Center. Kings have now dropped six in a row. Meanwhile, for the second game in a row, a team has come into Sacramento and ended a long losing streak. On Thursday, the Timberwolves ended an 11-game losing streak by beating the Kings. And this time, you've got the Suns, who had lost eight in a row, including a loss, coming off a loss at Golden State, coming in and ending their losing streak. Certainly not what you want to, you know, I joke around and say, you know, the Kings are going to be slump busters, but lately they actually have been the slump busters. So a couple of things that, uh, that you got to point out before we get started or really dive into things. De'Aaron Fox missed the game with back spasms and the team announced that Marvin Bagley is going to miss, quote, a few games, unquote, with a uh, left midfoot sprain. So... They're back down. They're down two starters again, and, and that had the you know that that has to impact you. But I when I see in my mentions and it's kind of the feeling around the team, no one's feeling sorry for them about that. You got to go out there and win some games, and you know early in the year the Kings were a disappointment for their own five start, while the Suns were you know one of the big early surprises. After the game, you look at the standings, both teams are 12 and 20. So it doesn't really matter how you got there. You know, if you want to, I believe it was Bill Parcells who said it, you are what your record is. And right now, the Kings are a team that's eight games below 500 with a game at Denver on Sunday. Probably one of the cruelest back-to-backs is having to go out there, especially after a loss, and go play in the altitude. But... It is what it is. That's the way the NBA schedule falls out. So we got to see what the Kings do with it. So a few things to kind of just jump into here. And uh, like I said, to me, not so much about the game per se, because uh, I actually thought overall the Kings played as well as you they could. Uh, I thought the effort was much better than it had been, especially at, after that Minnesota game. Uh, but the team fought. Um, Tried to get better looks, you know, tried to run better offense. They looked a lot more engaged defensively. But when you've got what I call professional shot makers, a guy like Devin Booker who makes tough shots, 
who's maybe a fringe all-star, a guy who can go out there and get you numbers just about any night. <coughs> Book hit the Kings up for uh, for 32 points and 10 assists. So, I mean, you add to that Kelly Oubre, 20 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists. Then Ricky Rubio, 21 points, 8 assists. You know, that's a, that's a little too much for the Kings to overcome. Buddy Hill, we'll talk about him, of course. But uh, Buddy had his best game in about two weeks. Uh, finished with 23 points. Uh, 8 of 17 shooting, which is uh, way better than he's been shooting lately. 4 of 6 on 3. Looked a lot more like Buddy, you know. Uh, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, Harrison Barnes had a decent uh, game with 21 points and 10 rebounds. But probably unfortunately for some of you, you'll remember what uh, the way game ended for Harrison. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. But uh, he got a good look at a three, open three, to win the game. Just didn't go down. I'm never going to kill a guy just for missing a shot. I mean, it was a good, you know, good look set up by Buddy off of some penetration. It was a good look, just didn't go down. But again, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Bogdan Bogdanovich, after a ooh a brutal eight of twenty eight game against the Timberwolves, was eight of 12, 22 points, five of seven on three. So you got the Kings getting back, at least to some efficiency on offense. But what didn't they do? What, what what really cost them to me were the free throws. They missed three free throws in the fourth quarter in a game you lose by two. And on the game you go sixteen of twenty four. 66.7%. So, it's the details, it's the minor things. Those things add up. And, especially when you're in a streak the way the Kings are right now, sometimes those things pile up. And right now, they're piling up. Whether, you know, the missed free throws. I mean, that was really the killer with the free throws. You miss eight in a game, you lose by two. Like I said, three, you miss three in the fourth quarter. And the Kings don't get to the line a lot. They got to the line 12 times in the fourth quarter. You know, you know and generally you, you say, hey, you make 9 or 12 in the fourth. You should be okay until you realize you lost by two. Yeah, tough one. But enough about the game. Let's kind of dive into where the Kings are as a group mentally, uh, the standings, all that stuff. The term of the standings right now, at least in the division and the conference, they've kind of they've really just fallen back into a pack of teams who are all <coughs> just struggling. You know, the top six teams in the West are pretty clear. And everyone else is kind of just fighting to figure something out. So Bogdan Bogdanovich mentioned that losing the Phoenix is tough because they're also a team fighting for one of those last two playoff spots in the West. And I think I've been clear before how I feel about talking about the playoffs. But, you know, this stage of the year. But, they said, they're, they had the same record as Phoenix. There's a bunch of teams after the top six in the teams in the West that are just kind of clumped together trying to get themselves right. And what hurts the Kings in that is that, you know, some of those teams either have a track record of doing well or those teams have an all-star they can turn to, 
or like I said, in the case of a guy like a team like Phoenix, like Booker, maybe a guy who's on the verge of being an all-star to help carry them. And with the injuries and the inconsistency, you got a new coach, guys are not the lineup. I think it's going to be tough for the Kings to make that climb up until the top eight. No, so, 32 games in, they're whew, only a game and a half out of the last spot in the West, but they're... Like I said, I really don't like doing that, you know, where, where, where you are right now. Because two weeks ago, everybody was lauding them for being seventh. And it really doesn't matter. And I'm going to actually correct what I said. I, I said the top six, really the top seven. Because Oklahoma City, they've been pretty consistent this year. I mean, they're 16 and 15. They're above 500. It's when you get to eight and you get, you no know, Portland with their injuries and struggles. They're just kind of lurking there. But they've also got a superstar in uh, Damian Lillard. So I just trust that at some point he's going to carry them to a you know, four or five, six game winning streak. Like I say with Phoenix, if uh, Devin Booker gets can stay healthy and get going, he can carry them. Right now, I don't know who can carry the Kings like that. You know, Buddy Hill can get hot, but Buddy Hill's streaky. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has to get healthy again. You know, Bagley has to get healthy again. There's just a lot of moving parts with the Kings. And so, to me, I'm not worried about the, where they are in the standings so much as it just can you get healthy, can you, you know, get healthy and solidify a style of play. And for they want to they want to try to get the pace up, run more, but it's kind of hard to run without De'Aaron Fox. I mean, let's be real, let's be honest. You can't ask Corey Joseph to duplicate what De'Aaron does because really – there aren't many guys in the NBA who can duplicate what De'Aaron does because there aren't many guys as fast as De'Aaron Fox. So, it's back almost to that tread water mold. Let's not fall too far behind and then get healthy and see what we can do. No, enough about standings and all that stuff. 32 games in. You got a lot of basketball still to be played. Uh, I want to talk about Buddy Hield and just the first off, uh, I'm going to think my thing has always been if you're going to run your mouth about how... <clears throat> You should play more. Whatever the case is, you're going to run your mouth. You got to come back and you got to be, you got to bring it. And to his credit, Buddy had a much better game against the Suns. He had been in that miserable 20 of 78 shooting slump. And I'm not going to declare him out of the slump because headed the Phoenix, you know, not Phoenix, I'm sorry, headed the Denver with a guy like Gary Harris on the other side. It could be a long night for Buddy again on Sunday, but... did look a lot more like Buddy. If you're going to talk, you got to bring it in. After the game, one thing he said was that uh, about what he had said Thursday night, which I, you know, like I said, I said after that, not the move of a leader, not the move of someone, you know, who wants to be a leader on the team, that he spoke with Luke Walton, and Luke said that, you know, I guess Luke understands where he's coming from, but he needs to be, as he put it, he said more mature about what he does. And keep things in house. And I think one thing that really probably appeared to catch Buddy off guard was just the backlash he got from a lot of people. I know what during the contract talks when Buddy was going public with all that talk, there felt like the felt like there was a lot more support for what he was saying. And you know, people saying, "Come on, let's take care of Buddy. Buddy deserves a, a new deal." I think with this, uh, it just didn't. This is what I saw. A, a big portion of the of the uh, public and even the media 
and didn't think Buddy was right for how he handled it. And like I said, it's tough to call the coach out when you're playing like shit. And and if that you know, and that's the, that was the case. And I know you can say you know Buddy's one of our best players, which he is one of the Kings' best players. But it's not it, it's not a good look when you're playing the way he had been playing to then turn around and say, well, hey. I should, you know, the coach isn't trusting me. Yo, you got to give people reasons to trust you. And the way Buddy had played, there wasn't a whole lot of reason to trust him. But I said, he, I, I commend him. He bounced back. He played much better. And so we'll see if he, you know, can he uh, duplicate that. But like I said, I think the, the big word for me was mature. And, uh, you know, Luke's telling him he's to be more sure. And that's what it really comes down to. If this team is ever going to become a good basketball team, and to me, a good team is not just, oh, we're going to be competitive. Good means you're a team that can win 45, 50, 50 games. The playoffs aren't a question. And maybe you're knocking on that, you know, near the top four of the West. If you're ever going to get that to that point, there's a level of maturity needed. A level of maturity as a whole, the Kings just don't have yet. And some of that is because some of their key guys are young. And, well, not like, you know, not rookies, but they've never won in the NBA before. And it's a different thing to, to win at this level, and they haven't done it yet. So they're still in a lot of ways new to this. So, but I mean, I think if anything, if Buddy learned that he's got to be more mature and, you know, yeah, it's okay to be emotional, but you can't throw your coach and your teammates under the bus, under that, you know, that figurative bus everyone talks about. You just can't do that. Then back it up over them because you're frustrated. So if anything, maybe a lesson was learned. Maybe things will get better. And that, and I, and I, I do believe the the communication between the uh, between Luke and the players still appears to be good. So I just think you know it was a matter of one player being frustrated with his situation and and expressing it in the wrong way. No, but before I depart, because I didn't have a whole lot about this game. I thought the Kings played as well as they could. They just didn't win the game, and you can live with that. You know, it was just that they watching that Minnesota game was just dreadful. It was like there was literally no joy in watching that game and no joy in watching them play. I just thought they just got beat by a team that played better on Saturday night. But... Uh, the Harry Giles question continues to come up and up and up and up and up. And according to a couple of reports, uh, there's a good chance Harry plays against the Nuggets, given that the Nuggets do play big at times and they're going to need some more size. But for those who have asked, and I think I've, I've, I swear I've answered this question a bunch of times, but I can break down the thing with Harry again. It's not a thing about Harry being punished or no one not liking Harry. You got to remember, Harry missed pretty much all of training camp, all of the preseason, and a good chunk of games to start the year. So, uh, and even before Harry missed all those games, Harry was already in a position where given the signings, the additions, so on and so forth, he was probably going to be, I don't know, the... uh, Ninth, maybe tenth, eleventh man to begin with. So you're already talking about you're in a position where you'll be fighting and scrapping for your whatever minutes you can get. So then you add on to the fact that he missed all the training camp, all the preseason, and, a, and some games to start the year. He's way behind everyone else. 
And and we got to be honest with ourselves. Two things. The team didn't pick up Harry's option for next season. So that tells you where, at least from a management point of view, where they think Harry fits in the big picture for them. Do they like Harry? Yeah, they can like him. But if you really thought he was going to be an integral part of your future, you pick up his options for next year, which they didn't do. So, which leads to the second part. In terms of priorities and development and making sure guys get on the court, Marvin Bagley is a is a priority ahead of Harry. I mean, it's, it's not a knock on Harry. It just it is what it is, and you have to be honest with yourself about that. So that's going to affect the rotations. And so when Marvin gets, whenever Marvin is healthy, that's another body, another player that is going to eat up minutes that might go to Harry. And really, there are no minutes for him. And right now, Harry is essentially your third or fourth center. And in a league where more and more teams go small, it's tough for Harry to get on the court. So, I mean, just for his sake and the fans who are at the uh, Minnesota game chanting Harry Giles, Harry Giles, I hope he gets in the game just because I don't think anyone, I don't feel like Harry's being uh, targeted or being picked on. It's just, it's a numbers game. And this isn't Little League. This isn't, you know, youth ball. Everyone's not guaranteed to play. So we'll see what happens and what's going on with Harry. So that's all I really got for y'all because I didn't, there wasn't a whole lot to dive into this game. I think I talked way longer than I thought I would. Uh, getting my voice back from whatever was bothering me last week. I feel a lot better, but my voice is kind of in and out at times. So you know where to find me. You know, at theathletic.com, Twitter is Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. And yeah, just in case you, yes, not the whole word underscore in case people are tripping. MR, then the underscore, then Jason Jones. And Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. Y'all be good. Hope y'all are all doing better than the the Oklahoma defense. Oh my God, what LSU did to them. Uh, and that, that's just not, not right. Hope y'all are doing better than them. Enjoy your NFL Sunday. Let's see if the Raiders can get a miracle and somehow end up in the playoffs. That would be, even though it wouldn't be a home game, it would be an interesting way for them to go out their last season in Oakland. So take care, y'all. Y'all be good, and I will catch you after the game Sunday night. Y'all be good. Take care.